This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com slash NPR. Support for NPR comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. Join me on a journey to a planet much like our own. Here's our orbit slightly leaning, orbiting the star. We find ways to give life meaning. Some might seem bizarre. All we know is that we exist, and it won't be for long. So it helps to put some footsteps on joy and sadness, courage and fear. Curiosity and anger on a planet full of danger, and it's only getting stranger from here. That's the theme song for the new Apple TV Plus animated series, Strange Planet. On Strange Planet, socks, well, they're foot tubes. And flight attendants, those are air comfort supervisors. Here's why you've been summoned. Our data indicates you handle your responsibilities quite well. We have chosen to reward you with more responsibility. Your scarf is changing color to denote your new status. You are now the Air Comfort Supervisor Supervisor. Obviously, the scarf will not change in function. What is the scarf's function? Well, unless your neck is cold, (laughs) none. The TV show Strange Planet satirizes the absurdities of human behavior. It's inspired by a wildly popular webcomic of the same name created by Nathan W. Pyle, He's also the author and illustrator of the best-selling book, Strange Planet, and co-creator of the new animated series. After the break, we bring you the conversation with Nathan and Jen White. They talk about favorite characters and phrases from the show, and they hear from you. I'm Todd Zwillick, in for Jen White. You're listening to the 1A Podcast, where we get to the heart of the story. We'll be back with more in just a moment. This message comes from NPR sponsor LiveRight, publishers of Left for Dead. Shipwreck, Treachery, and Survival at the Edge of the World by Eric J. Dolan. The true story of five castaways abandoned on the Falkland Islands during the War of 1812. Available wherever books are sold. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside. Nathan's with us from Delaware. Nathan, welcome to 1A. Thank you so much. It's my first time in Delaware, so it's funny to hear that. (laughs) Before the books and TV show, Nathan, there was the web comet. I've been sort of, (laughs) I guess, crashing on all of the the material, and I, I just need to know how you came up with this idea in the first place. (laughs) <laughs> I, uh, I was in New York City, my wife and I, we had, we had just gotten married and moved in together and we were trying to prepare our home for a party 
So we were uh, hiding all of our possessions. We had a very small apartment and uh, had to put the toaster in the closet just to make some counter space. But um, it really, it, it struck me as odd that it's a very common thing to make sure all your possessions are hidden before your best friends come over. But um, that's, that was the first Strange Planet comic. Uh, these beings are doing that exact thing and the friends come over and they say, you know, thank you, we own things, but we've hidden them. And um, it, it's, uh, it's part of human life to make sure your friends have a good time. You don't want them to see that you have lived in the house when they come in. So, Well, your webcomic is one of the most recognizable. You have nearly 7 million followers on Instagram. There's merchandise, there's TV, T-shirts, there's stuffed animals. In talking to people about Strange Planet, what have you come to understand about its appeal? Well, I think the warmth and the empathy of the beings for each other is is really core to uh, the appeal of the webcomic. Um, when you're talking defamiliarization, it's it's not you know not uncommon. There's a lot of uh, media out there that that deals with that. Um, I think what we're doing here, though, that I think hooked people pretty well. Um, the theory was, uh, if there are beings out there, maybe they're not technologically advanced, but maybe they're emotionally advanced. So they're they're able to talk about not just objects, but also emotions, uh, with a unique uh, grasp of the language. And that transparency and that vulnerability with each other and that concern for each other, I think, really created a, a warm environment. And people really actually want to visit this place. They want to to live in Strange Planet. I think it's it's part of what keeps people. Coming back, they they like to imagine being in a place like that. You mentioned defamiliarization. Explain what that is and how you use it. Sure. Uh, well, just you know, stepping back from your uh, mundane activities uh, that you've come to appreciate uh, as as normal, uh, brushing your teeth and in describing brushing your teeth, you're squeezing paste onto a tiny brush and. You're, you're scrubbing it across your, your uh, this, the exposed teeth in, in your skull. Um, it's it's really it's a common way to to kind of study what we do as humans, uh, but also at times has been used to um, you know, make humor. Uh, there are many shows or, or comics out there, and, and um, I think actually many uh, many have reported. I think there was a very old comic that did this. Uh, it was Mister Skygack, I think was the name. Um, and it was just kind of a Martian coming to Earth and reporting on the humans. Uh, this is back a hundred years ago, I think this comic was. So uh, certainly, defamiliarization in in comics or in TV shows has been around, and that's and that's kind of the idea. You're you're studying yourself or something something normal from the outside. Well, let's listen to another clip from the TV show Strange Planet. If your seat is in the peril row, you must help us take the machine apart. Your reward is more leg room. As someone who flies. <laughs> Quite a bit for work. I, I was like, oh boy, I'm not going to think about getting on a plane quite the same way. So on Strange Planet, the exit row of a plane is called the peril row. Uh, mouth pushing is kissing. And we turn to our listeners, and I have to say some of you are, are pretty creative too. We use the term kerchunker for the garbage disposal. Any form of glasses, sunglasses, eyeglasses are called eye pants. We've been a huge fan of Nathan Pyle since the very beginning and wish him continued success. Thanks for those messages. One of you emailed us to say you call ice cubes water diamonds. So we're going to need a glossary to keep track of all of this. Nathan, we'd love to know what are some of your favorite rephrasings you've invented? (laughs) Oh, sure. I think star damage was one of the first... uh, 
I think there are many ways in which you, you make these phrases uh, and it makes it sound like you're actually in a sci-fi movie yourself. But star damage, uh, in, in other words, for sunburn or suntan, uh, that was one of the most popular comics at the beginning. And um, I love the idea where we really are getting this radiation from the sun. <laughs> and, uh, and, and the damage shows up pretty quickly uh, for myself, I know. Um, it's, a, it's, it's actually, it makes you feel like you're, you're in outer space and you really, we are on a planet flying through outer space right now and you can get star damage pretty easily. I think my favorite, um, so far is negative emotion. Just yelling that negative emotion. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to use that every, every single day. So the, the web comic, the TV show, they, they both poke fun at the absurdity of human behavior, but it seems like almost anything could be made into one of your web comics. So how, how do you find inspiration and say, yes, I want to write about this? Oh, well, there has to be, you know, it has to be more than just, um, you know, one observation. You have to have one or two observations is, is kind of my rule to make sure that you're, you're highlighting, you know, a, a birthday party has multiple strange parts. People are singing to you. You're staring at them while they sing. You have to blow out candles. Um, they're, you're, you're really just celebrating this, this loop around the star. And, and it, it's fun when you step back and realize we're, we're actually we're, we're celebrating each other. Uh, so I think there has to be something warm there. It has to be uh, a warm connection between beings. Um, and there has to be at least two observations to make. So Nathan, you released your first Strange Planet webcomic in 2019. You gained very quickly millions of followers. And then not long after, plans began for the TV show. Now, I want to take and listen to another clip. Here, two characters are drinking coffees, or as they call them, jitter liquids. And they're talking about the actors they like. They are one of my favorite pretenders as well. I have heard as a civilian being they are not that friendly, but I still think they're very talented. Perhaps we could go see their newest moving image together? I find you very easy to converse with, but I don't want to deceive you. I'm not ready to commit to a romance right now. Oh, I see. That's okay. I'm not looking for anything serious. It's just with Double Shadow Day coming up, I don't think it's a good idea. I would not want to send a message to the orb that I'm open to change. Apologies. No apologies necessary. Instead of dealing with feelings directly, you are avoiding them while placing blame on the shifting positions of the moons. I understand. Perhaps I should go... Can I leave some currency for my jitter liquid? It is not necessary, but I will think more highly of you if you do. Maybe it's better I don't then. <laughs> so uh, what role did you play in, in making the new animated series happen? Oh, well, you know, in addition to, to co-creating, I was really there every day. They, they asked me, do you, want, do you want to receive every single email and be on, be on every meeting? And I said, as many as I can. I'd... I loved learning about the process, and and I did want it to to stay true to to my vision of the comic. Um, so really, we we uh, we worked together um, just to to make every single scene. Really, I I was a part of every, a part of it all. Take us deeper into the process because I'm thinking about how you move something that is fixed on a page to something that is walking and talking and and moving. How did you make that transition? Well, the comic is pretty um, sparse. Uh, 35 words would be the uh, average, roughly, uh, in a four-panel Strange Planet comic. So um, truly not a lot of, uh, a lot of material in one comic. Um, when, when we're hinting at the, the pillars of, of the world uh, in Strange Planet, it was, as you said, uh, and as we talked about, 
Um, these beings are, are friendly. They're talking about their emotions. They're on a planet that seems very familiar but isn't Earth. Um, and they're, they're doing a lot of very similar things to us on Earth. Um, so really, there wasn't, there wasn't a ton of, um, of, of actual uh, world building. Uh, there were some uh, very crucial aspects that they, they didn't have names um, and they didn't seem to have genders or, or they all looked very similar. So, um, so we wanted to keep a lot of that and, and we used, we used uh, that. We, they don't have names. They all have uh, they, them uh, pronouns um, and they are uh, you know, navigating their planet uh, that has two moons. It's, it's not Earth, but it is something that feels like Earth at times. So... Um, so we, we really, we knew we had a lot to build from, uh, but Dan Harmon and Steve Levy specifically were the two that I sat down with and they know how to build and making Rick and Morty, um, uh, was, was something that, you know, I, I watched from the outside. I, I can see these people know how to make television, make a world that you can really explore. And that's what we did. We, we answered a thousand questions about these beings all right, what should they sound like when they walk? What should they sound like when they sit down? Every, every little thought you might have, um, I had to answer a lot of questions and help, got help answering those questions. So that's, that's really where you started. You had to start with, um, all right, we want, we want there to be beings, but we don't want this, to, to, this series to focus on any one particular being. We want it to be about the, the species as a whole. Martin in Tennessee emailed us, this reminds me of the Coneheads skits on SNL and the Marvelous movie. Nathan, what inspiration do you draw from? What did you watch, comedy-wise especially, or comics did you read when you were growing up? You know, it's, it's funny. Certainly um, that, that has come up, and they're obviously Third Rock from the Sun and a lot of things that people have brought up to me. Those, those actually didn't, uh, they, weren't, they weren't exactly what I was watching. I'm, I'm just a little, um, little too young to catch some of those things, uh, but what I did, I did love was Frasier. Um, so I, I, I mentioned Frasier when people ask about, you know, what is, uh, what inspires you when it comes to writing dialogue, and I think the the dialogue, uh, the back and forth in Frasier, and especially at times the, you know, kind of the two word. Um, cap on a, on, a, on a conversation that Niles might have. Uh, that was something I, I loved, and I think I modeled a lot of dialogue that I write in Strange Planet after Frasier uh, in similar shows. Um, I, I loved uh, the, the repertoire, the, the um, banter in Princess Bride. I think Princess Bride, uh, there's a scene where uh, they say, um, you know, I'm on the Brute Squad, and he says, you are the Brute Squad. Um, and and I, I love the repetition, and the repetition is something that happens a lot in Strange Planet. Um, so I, I, I mentioned most of all, most often, the Muppets when it comes to, to what I thought about when making a, a series, because Muppets was something my entire family would watch together, and that's what we wanted to create with Strange Planet. Um, the, the wholesomeness of the Muppets included... You know, occasionally people, or not people, but um, but uh, little Muppets being eaten by a monster, and it, and yet they did it wholesomely. It was a wholesome being uh, consumption. You know, I, somehow they're they're being eaten by a monster, but you're not scared of it. And I think I think that was a great model uh, growing up. I loved that. Uh, loved the Muppets. Loved all the iterations, including Muppet Babies. Um, so that, that's really, those are, those are three that come to mind immediately. It, it sounds to me that it's very important to you to create a world that is kind. Uh, and, and I'm wondering when you yeah. first started doing this comic, who, who were you creating it for? <laughs> well, I, first of all, I think the, the idea that, um, the very first comic, it was 
friends coming over to your house. That's it, it doesn't it doesn't sound very dramatic, but I think there's something in Strange Planet that is about appreciating the the very small uh, joys of life, uh, not simply making fun of them, but but appreciating them and saying this is an incredible thing when your friend uh, comes over to your house. Uh, you get to spend time with a friend in your house. It's it's something that I think also goes back to this idea of uh, being tremendously aware of of how fortunate um, I am, uh, fortunate to to have food, fortunate to have a house, fortunate to to experience existence. I think there's 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 a lot based on an strange planet. Just a, a simple appreciation for for uh, for being fortunate here. We're listening to Jen's conversation with Nathan W. Pyle. He's the author and illustrator of the best-selling book, Strange Planet, and co-creator of the new animated series on Apple TV. We'll be back with more after this quick break. Stay with us. This message comes from NPR sponsor, REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing, backpacking, and another outdoor thing that rhymes with backpacking. Visit your local REI co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways you can opt outside. This message comes from NPR sponsor, REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing, backpacking, and another outdoor thing that rhymes with backpacking. Visit your local REI co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways you can opt outside. Support for this NPR podcast and the following message come from Amgen, a biotechnology pioneer leading the fight against the world's toughest diseases such as cancer, heart disease, asthma, and osteoporosis. In a new era of human health, Amgen continues to accelerate the pace of change, operating sustainably and drawing upon deep knowledge of science to push beyond what's known today. With each decade, they reliably deliver powerful new therapies to patients. Learn more at Amgen.com. Let's get back now to Jen's conversation with Nathan Pyle with this message we got from Margaret, who says, I have a friend who always says, Happy Womb Emancipation Day. I'm not sure if she made it up or if it's somebody else's term, but I always thought it was pretty unique. Well, I'll let Jen take it from here. Let's go to the second episode of Strange Planet. Here's how it starts. Long ago, beings decided that creatures could be friends. I want to befriend this hard-footed run monster to borrow its speed and brush its neck bangs. You should sit on it, but it might kick me. That is the price of speed. Okay, easy, easy now, new friend. Soon you will be the default mode of transportation. One of your books is called Strange Planet, The Sneaking, Hiding, Vibrating Creature, and that's about cats. What is it about the relationship between humans and animals that that you find particularly rife for satire? <laughs> well, I, 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 you'd ask about comedy that I loved. When it came to, to written comedy, Gary Larson was my favorite, uh. um, is my favorite, I would say. Um, so Gary Larson in The Far Side really highlights this idea that humans have this unique place among the animals. Um, that they are, They're clearly complex and they're smart, but there's, there's a lack of self-awareness a lot of times that humans don't realize that they are one of the animals. <laughs> Looking at the other animals thinking, we're not one of you, but you really are. And I think Gary Larson would would highlight that in a thousand different ways. 
Uh, so I, I think that's part of what made it so fun. When, when you're thinking back through who was the first human to sit on a horse, um, you're thinking, you know, these are some of the strange relationships that we've just come to accept. Uh, we, we see a human on a horse, we don't think anything of it now. But if you saw a human sitting on any other animal, uh, you'd, you'd think it was odd. So, I, I, you know, I think there's a lot to, to be satirized there. It's just going back to here's what we're used to and how did it start and what are we, what are we saying about uh, horses here? Yeah. Let's go to another scene from that same episode about animals. And before we listen, it's helpful to know that on Strange Planet, a raccoon is a grayscale finger bandit. That's a grayscale finger bandit, which we can only love from afar. No, any creature can be a roommate. I'm afraid not. For many of them, the outside is their inside. Then who decides what creatures are allowed inside? Beings hundreds, maybe thousands of revolutions ago. Like, they saw snarling creatures and over time made them into moral creatures. Oh, can we do that to the grayscale finger bandit? No, no we can't. And we just got new furniture. But how'd they do it? The beings that made the snarling creature into a roommate. Hmm. Probably by giving it sustenance and having it breed with its own relatives for many generations until its brain got bad enough for it to love us. This isn't context I wanted to know. (laughs) So that scene features a young being. And you have your own young being, a two-month-old son. Yeah, we do. Yeah. What what humor are you finding in, in parenthood? Well, he's he's the second. We have a two-year-old uh, daughter as well. But um, when when it comes to children, you've already mentioned multiple listeners uh, sending in what their what their children say. Um, I think there's something unique about the way children speak, especially uh, when they're just learning to speak. My daughter argues with me about what day it is now, and she's only two. But um, it, it's it's fascinating because they're creating new phrases for for their experiences all the time. Um, and I think there's something to be learned there that this is how language was formed or is formed still. We're, we're creating new words, new phrases all the time. And, um, and children lead the way in that because they are the ones who are going to explain the Internet to me in, you know, in the next 10 years. Um, that that <laughs> this, is, this is what I'll have, I'll have conversations with my daughter. And I know it won't, it won't be long before she's, she's teaching me, basically. Here's, what, here's what's happening on the Internet now, Dad. Um, I, I love the way uh, my daughter thinks. I love the way she creates. And, um, and, I, and I'm sure it will be the same with my son. He's just a little young still. Nathan, your followers likely know, as we said, you're a parent. And you share your personal life, your marriage to your wife, Taylor, and her pregnancy, for example, on your social media. Why do you want to share that part of your life with the public? <laughs> well, at the very, the very least, I, I should say, on the first 365 days of Strange Planet, I did one comic a day, um, and then it was it was not long after that that uh, we we received the happy news that we were pregnant. So um, many many uh, reasons, but one of them was just so that they knew new content wouldn't be uh, coming every single day for sure. Um, I simply didn't have the uh, the time uh, given all the other important responsibilities that were now uh, coming into my life. Uh, but also because I I think this is a, an interesting part of Strange Planet. Uh, it, it goes back to connecting. We're connecting with other humans all the time. Um, when, when we're sharing something about, hey, here's, here's our, our lives, uh, that's another way to connect. And we, we've never had a baby before. Now we're having a baby. Um, that is certainly a, a, something that uh, has, has changed the way I think and changed the way my wife and I um, think about the world. How has working on this comic changed the way you think about the world and other people? 
<laughs> I um I certainly am keenly aware of of what is a, a USAism essentially. Um, when I'm thinking about um, you know making a new strange planet, is this a universal experience or is this simply something I experience because I am who I am in the United States of America? So um, there there are comics I've done about local news segments where there's a bear walking around near the neighborhood of a forest. Uh, uh, and uh, and I've been told many times like your your local news in the United States is it, it could could be one of your more unique strange planet uh, aspects like it, it's not it's not necessarily a universal thing and and that's wonderful for me to learn I'm I'm always curious uh, I learned that uh, there's there's different kinds of deception days everywhere we might have April Fool's Day here but uh, other countries other cultures they have different kinds of days in which it's proper to deceive in a certain kind of way so. Uh, I was really. It's been really fun to learn a little bit more about. You know, here's how much I've I've done just in the United States. Well, it also sounds though like changing the language a little bit. It, it's maybe widened your lens and and made you more aware of some of the differences and similarities around you. Certainly, uh, no. There's, uh, I I now kind of see that there are many different ways to approach um, uh, maybe a problem or many different ways to approach even a gathering with other humans. Uh, and and many, many times it goes back to kind of speaking through it. Um, all right, we're celebrating our friend. Uh, we are glad they exist. Uh, we want to give them something sweet. Uh, it, it makes you realize, you know, it doesn't have to be a birthday cake. It could be anything. Um, it, it really opens up your options when you when you just kind of speak about the fundamentals of what you're doing, um, because you can. It turns out you can put birthday candles in anything. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's that's the kind of thing that um, the Strange Planet, uh, the writing process creates. It's just you, there's a lot of freedom here. We're talking to Nathan W. Pyle, creator of the webcomic Strange Planet. He's also co-creator of a new animated series by the same name. Uh, another scene in the TV show takes place at a concert. He's been an amazing audience. Those are all the melodies we know. Go home. Insincere, insincere, insincere. You've uncovered our deception. We do know more music. One, two, three, let's So the next time I'm at a concert, I'll shout insincere instead of encore and just hope the people around me have seen Strange Planet. We're also hearing from you. Frida emailed, I use the words sunsucker in place of solar panel. Penn emailed, one of my favorites was my son saying something happened yesternight. Well, why not? Makes sense to me. And Mary emailed us, my daughter would call leftovers used food. She didn't want used food for dinner. Nathan, what inspired you? To, to learn this craft, because it is a craft, both the language development part of it, as well as the actual animation. Well, I, I think I, I would go back to the beginning and say there are probably, what, hundreds of thousands of words that I don't use. Um, yesternight is still, to my knowledge, in the dictionary. Yesternight's archaic, but it's something that, that, uh, that humans did use for a long time, and then, then we stopped using. So um, I, I love the idea that simply there's a richness to language that we can explore 
that, that it isn't, isn't even making new ground sometimes. It's simply going back and saying, what are some of the phrases that we've lost? And there's a lot of wonderful Twitter accounts I follow where they just talk about archaic phrases that we've no longer used. So I, I've, I've loved language for a long time. I think when I combined my love of drawing with, with my love of language, Strange Planet was really the natural product of, of, of a couple of those things. I, I'm trying to imagine you creating that first comic strip. Do you remember who you showed it to first to see... Does this make does this make sense? Is this funny? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I've I always shown everything to my wife first. That's definitely been the the from beginning of Strange Planet on. Um, but then I also had a I had a whole process in the first year of Strange Planet. I would post my black and white um, comic on one of my social medias. Usually, it would be my my Facebook. Um, and then, as long as it made sense and it was mostly making sense, then I would. I would use the black and white comic, and I would make the comic full color and post it on the Instagram. So I'd, I've always used the internet as a kind of a de facto editor um, to make sure, hey, this this is making sense, right? And and that's really going back to just this idea of release early, release often, um, which is a phrase often used for software or, or other kind of building. But um, when you release your your comic early and it's an early version of it, and people really like it, then I can go back and make sure. I spend time on it to make sure it looks nice. Yeah, The internet is not always a kind place. Uh, and so were you at all concerned about creating this project, which, as I said, it, just, it feels there's a sweetness to it. Were you concerned it wouldn't find a home on the internet? It wouldn't find its people. <laughs> I um I was happy to to uh to be pretty um pretty well followed by by uh I think maybe 100,000 or 150,000 at that point already. Um so I got I, I immediately got a good sense of when I posted a comic that was well liked. Um and and using the law of large numbers if you if you have posted something and a thousand people like it um immediately, you know, that you know that more people see it. There there's obviously a percentage of people out there who want to see more of it. So I I really was I've always very uh, number based in terms of all right, I can I can tell when I've hit on something people like and um in this case I I had pretty full confidence uh, as I said, one one a day for 365 days and and people were really liking them. So it it helped. Well, we got this email from Maria who says, when we're just hanging around the house, not doing anything productive, we call it being lumpy. And I'm going to borrow that, Maria. Patrick also emailed us, my five-year-old daughter calls revolving doors, dizzy doors. Great, (laughs) great content here, people. Thanks. Uh, Nathan, for other illustrators who are listening to us and, and hoping to get their comics in front of people, what advice do you have for them? Um, definitely the release early, release often advice is, is, a, is a real one. I, I think at the very least, I create a tournament of, uh, of your ideas. Um, you know, a tournament of, of your ideas is uh, you want to see, if you have 10 ideas, which one is the best. Um, and, and then over time, you're getting feedback from people, even if it's just showing your friends and your family. Um, which one of your ideas is best, and then and then kind of build on those. That's 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 an okay way to start because I think there are are so many people afraid of of getting their art out there. But but you can you can admit at the very least that one of your ideas is better than the other, and you're going to you're going to hit on more original and more fun kind of ideas as you get a sense of of what other people are saying and and if they're understanding it. So tournament of ideas has has been helpful for me. As you said, you have a young son and daughter. At some point, they're going to be able to read all of this content, possibly watch the television show. What do you hope it tells them 
about you and who you are? <laughs> um, well, we want to be uh, we want to be uh, aspirational in making this show. We want to make a world that's slightly better than Earth, um, a world that we could aspire to. And and I think talking about emotions is something that we try to model really well for our our children. Uh, uh, the beings do that extremely well. They talk about their emotions. There's a there's a scene in an upcoming episode where a being goes to an emotional repair and maintenance expert, which is kind of a therapist in their world. So um, that's what we want. We want to talk about our emotions and uh, do so creatively because there are there are new phrases to be made every day. That's Nathan W. Pyle. He's the creator of the webcomic Strange Planet. He's also the co-creator of the new series Strange Planet, now streaming on Apple TV+. Nathan, thank you, or as they say on Strange Planet, gratitude. Gratitude to you as well. Today's producer was Avery Jessa Chapnick. This program comes to you from WAMU, part of American University in Washington, distributed by NPR. I'm Jen White. We will have more Your Activity tomorrow. This is 1A. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. Support for NPR and the following message come from Rosetta Stone, the perfect app to achieve your language learning goals no matter how busy your schedule gets. It's designed to maximize study time with immersive 10-minute lessons and audio practice for your commute. Plus, tailor your learning plan for specific objectives like travel. Get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. This is my voice. I can tell you a lot about me, and I'm not changing it for anyone. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of NPR episodes centered on Black experiences. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.